Exton Moss Experiment. Adventures in Wine and Space with Simon Exton and Ken Moss. Hello everyone and a very, very warm welcome to the Exton Moss Experiment. I'm Ken Moss. I'm Simon Exton and we're back. We're back after lockdown we've actually got... Face-to-face recording. This is our first in-person recording session and we're terribly happy about it. So, uh, cheers, Dr. Exxon. It's lovely to be back. Cheers, cheers. In fact, this time last year, I was recovering after having been in hospital, so... Yes, you've had the vid. You've uh, been in it, through it, out the other side. Had the rona, yes. So, uh, we're not even going to pretend to launch into Spiel for this one. We need a drink. It's time for the tonic screwdriver. It is. Before we'd watch anything tonight, we are drinking Two Birds Countryside Spirit Watermelon Gin. It's a 37.5% gin and the info bollocks is covered up by a price label. So I'm going to have to look it up. It peels off quite easily. There is no info bollocks. It just says that it's made in Market Harbour. Oh, fuck me tight. Oh, baby. I've got to say. It, it's, it's watermelon gin. This. Generally, the less flowery the info bollocks, the, the, the better, better the gin. it is. And, and this. I mean, it smells very watermelony. And by Jingle by Crikey, it tastes very watermelony. That oh, that's lovely. Is lovely. That's a really refreshing, summery gin. Uh, very, very watermelony. It's almost got a touch of the bubblegums about it. Um, a, I, I like but, a, a, a tiny bit of bubblegum. But, yeah, but bubblegum's supposed to be based on watermelon, isn't it? That was the original bubblegum flavour, and it was just horribly artificial. Well, the whole juicy fruit thing. Yeah. That, no, that's chewing gum. Anyway. Anyway. I but, don't think it tastes like bubblegum. I think it tastes like watermelon. I well, it does, definitely does, and it's five out of five for me. I would heartily recommend this. It's yeah. beautiful. This, this is lovely. Uh, the Two Birds Distillery has loads and loads and loads of different flavoured gins, so I might have to invest in some others. That is magnificent. That bottle will not be seeing out the night. That's marvellous. So. That is delicious. And we're not going to do a black archive this time because we're looking forward rather than We are back looking backwards. forward rather than back because I would quite happily like to consign the entire of uh, the past 12 months to the black archive, never to be retrieved. What are we watching not tonight? Quite how the black archive works. But no, it isn't. It's, it's, yeah, the, the, right. so the so, white archive then. Or the imaginarium the, where. <laughs> just oh, the white archive have, <laughs> have a bird on its head. I was going to say, I'm, turning, I'm going all uh, sort of Nick Griffin there. No, what are we no, watching? Let's not. <laughs> What are we watching tonight? What silliness have we got in front of us? Uh, we're doing the horns of Gammon later. <laughs> Swine. Oh, you weakling scum back at the castle. Right, okay. We're not watching anything to do with weakling scum. What we are watching tonight, on the theme of lockdown and isolation, we are going to watch the heart-wrenching tale of a group of intrepid pioneers Trapped on board a space station. Oh, that sounds so cheery. Clean We're going to watch Come Back Mrs. Noah. With <laughs> Molly <laughs> Sutton. <laughs> to 
say come from the mid-70s about a group of people who end up trapped on a space station. I really like this. I watched it at the time and absolutely loved it. Have you ever seen this? I've not seen a one. I know Molly Sutton's in it. I don't know anything about it. But Shall we just hit play? Let's, let's run VT. Boys and girls, with uh, a glass in hand and a very, very cheery disposition, it's episode one of Comeback Mrs. Noah. Yeah, don't expect to see any of the gin after this. Let's meet the winner of Modern Housewife magazine cookery competition, Mrs. Gertrude Noah. <laughs> Sorry I'm late. Only I got my heel cut in the moving pavement and I went right past the bus stop. (laughs) Isn't it big? It is indeed big. (laughs) It contains a controlled environment for over 500 people. Now, what have you got to say about that? Fancy. (laughs) Fancy, she says. Yes, indeed. What's that? That, Mrs. Noah, is one of our auto-self-seeking electronic cameras. <laughs> Tell it to stop staring at my bus. Well, that was the pilot episode of Come Back, Mrs. Noah from 1977. It's a David Croft production. It was one of those tea-time sitcom you have been watching in the, the same kind of humour vein as Are You Really Served and Heidi High and... You Rang My Lord... The, 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 all, all a wee bit before yeah, that, you, yeah. And the the lead character, Mrs. Noah, is Molly Sugden, who at the time would have been very well known as Mrs. Slocum mm. on Are You Being Served, which was another staple BBC sitcom. Yeah, it ran for years. And it's a bit of a mishmash of sitcom regulars, isn't it? Because there was Ian Lavender, who was um, Dad's Army, Dad's Army, and there were the the two pompous idiots from It Ain't Half Hot Mom. And, and Michael uh, Knowles is one of them, and I can't remember the other. Facts I can there. never remember either. But they were they were in all of them. They were in Heidi High and You Rang My Lord and um, yeah, but it, only guest slots in those, weren't they? No, they were regulars. Were they? Yeah, they were regulars. See, I don't really, I didn't really watch I, You Rang My Lord. It they they were very after. much my Saturday tea time thing. And then after that, they had what was it called? Oh, Doctor Beeching, which with Sue Pollard. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and Jeffrey Holland, and they, they were all from the same stable. But like you say, this is a very much a, a mishmash of casts. Yeah, and and this is mid seventies cast rather than getting on to the eighties cast. But... I can just about is that seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy yes, seven, seventy seven. I remember watching this with my grand when it first came out. I really enjoyed it. I've, I've just enjoyed rewatching it. <laughs> I can understand why it only ran for one short season because it is a of limited appeal. I should probably say something about the plot. This is where you come in and yeah. shine. And they, you can say this in probably about ten seconds, I think. Well, the the lead character, Mrs. Noah, played by Molly Sugden, is a housewife who's won a cooking competition, and as part of that, she has got to get a, a guided tour around the new British International Space Station. And while she's getting her tour, accompanied by a reporter played by Ian Lavender and a couple of uh, mathematicians, there's some kind of computer malfunction and they have to, to avoid a disaster, launch the space station prematurely with these five people on board. And that's basically the plot of the first episode. It really does give Molly Sugden an opportunity to flex her physical comedy muscles. I've got to say, all the way through that, it, it's it's very much a, I won't say a one-trick pony. I can understand why this didn't run for more than one series, because there's only, unless they 
encounter aliens and different planets later on. It's not Space Night, 1999, yeah. it, it's although it was going, the same time. <laughs> it's going to end up being very, very repetitive on board a space station. It's very much a Molly Sugden vehicle with everybody else. Well, there, that so. was the second thing I was going to come on to, that Molly Sugden really makes... The, it's a great ensemble cast. They're all great actors in themselves. And she is fantastic in it. She's but she gets all the laughs. Yeah, um, and there, there's a, a great long segment where they, uh, the space station is first in orbit and she's taken off her, uh, her belt and she's floating about weightless and she's swinging from one side of the set to the other on a suspension harness and it is very funny. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it at the time. I enjoyed re-watching it now. It, it's, it's dated very badly. But again, you have to watch... I think but you'd it, have to watch it through the eyes of people like you and me who have grown up with this yeah. style of comedy. I think if you put this on now, it would be derided. And I, I believe it is. I, I, I think it has a quite a poor fan reputation, which is why it hasn't had any commercial release. And so we're watching off-airs from an, an American TV I, It sounds like a PBS station. That, well, uh, it, it came up saying Buffalo, so... Mm. So what have you got for us next? Well, episode two, I thought. Oh, really? Are we going to watch the whole thing? Oh, well. Fucking hell, watching the whole thing. Ron VT, episode two. Space hen for the production of fresh eggs. Whatever will they think of next? How does it work? Well, it says it's AC or DC. Plug it in, will you? Maybe it's a battery hen. (laughs) Plug it in, please. Just the selector dial. Insert nutrient pellet. Wonder where that goes. Well, the last time I was on the farm, there were still eating at this end. <laughs> well, that was episode two of Come Back with Sister, and the the crew on the Britannia Seven are getting used to the fact that they're stranded up there. And actually, in term, in plot terms, not an awful lot happens. It's deeply shit, but but very very funny. Yes, we were we were in hysterics over this. <laughs> Um, most of the first half is taken up with an, ele- an electronic space chicken that fires eggs all over the place. Voiced by Kenneth MacDonald of Only Fools and Horses fame. So um, when it points, it's, it's this square robot chicken that when it's pointed away from any of the, the characters who might get hurt by things, it fires eggs at a fairly massive velocity against the wall and smashes them. And points in the other direction, the eggs come out really quite slowly and in a string. And it, it's almost as though, well, I mean, how well known were Thai beads in the 1970s? <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, it is really what it looked like. I can't quite believe how long, because the programme was only really divided into three, maybe. There was the egg sequence. There's the, a whole there's a whole long sequence where, they, where they, Mrs. Noah and Carstairs, the, the reporter, go to get some sleep and have to deal with a, a toilet that's halfway up the wall, so she has to wear magnetic boots, and then they, they have to get into a decontamination suit and take their clothes off and stuff. But that's a it's third very, of the episode. It was very funny. There, the, there was an awful lot of phys- physical comedy. And again, it's it's Molly Sugden's show. Mm. And Without any shadow of a doubt, yes. I mean, even Ian Lavender's sort of... Riding coattails. He's he is, but he's basically the second lead. Yeah, and everybody else is. Uh, 
There were there were a good six seven months between episode one being transmitted and episode two being transmitted, and I suspect the same amount of time between production because, as you pointed out, she's changed her clothes. And yeah. how is that possible? The costume designer clearly doesn't like her. It's a hideous costume. Even supposed to be spacey type thing, it's got fringing all over the place, and it really is not flattering. It's hideous, and some of the humour is really very. <laughs> It's a little coarse. It's it's coarse and puerile um, and lavatorial. <laughs> I've been looking on Wikipedia, and it's been dubbed by some as the worst sitcom of all time. It's making laughed, us laugh. I've laughed more at this than I have an awful lot of sitcoms. I remember really enjoying it at the time. There's a sequence later on where, for some reason, they they have to make a, a copy of Mrs. Noah, and they have to get her drunk beforehand, and. She ends up staggering about all over the place and they copy her and she ends up with three legs and this massive great nose, which again is every bit as silly as all the stuff that we've seen on these last couple of episodes, but very, very funny. And at the end of the day, you want a sitcom to make you laugh. Yes, I mean, it's not um, that, it isn't the highest quality sitcom ever made, but and it's doing the job. Yeah, 45 years after the date, it's doing exactly mm. that. There are some things that are very, very dated. The nationwide references, you, you probably have to be. Nearly 50 to, to understand. Do you remember watching Nationwide? Yes, vaguely. With uh, I seem to remember Sue Lawley was involved with that. Frank Boff. And Frank Boff, Frank Bow. And um, there was also bits where the rescue ship was being launched. And, and <laughs> she said, floods you, you, it. She's <laughs> flooded it. And, yeah. Modern audiences would not get that. And do you have any jump leads? I mean, do you even keep jump leads in your car? I've got jump leads in my car. They, are, they have come in useful, yes. I've never had to use a set of jump leads. I still keep a pair in the car, but I've never had to use a set. Of I've had to use them, and if uh, yeah, over over Christmas, um, the the weather found out my battery. I've had to bump start a car. I bet you have, you dead bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Should we proceed with this? We are going to skip a couple of episodes out, but we're, we let, let's proceed with the series. We'll pick. Uh, one of three, four, and five at random and, and see how we go. We're, we're laughing, which is all that matters. Episode three is to the rescue. Episode four is who goes home, which I suspect is what you've referenced mm. regarding the, the, the two that get chosen. Um, we're going to skip to episodes five and six, which seems reasonable. But to, um, to sort of guide us into orbit, you've made us drinks, haven't you? I've made a a watermelon martini using the watermelon gin that we previously enjoyed and referenced. They're in beautiful Manhattan glasses taken from the shelves of Podcasting House. But what else is in these? A watermelon martini. Yes, for the viewers at home. (laughs) Two measures of watermelon gin, um, a measure Mm. of dry vermouth and a measure of watermelon liqueur. And just shaken together with ice and poured into a Manhattan glass. (sighs) And what do we think? Oh, baby, baby. I really, really love martinis. Which look wonderful and are a pain in the ass to carry. They are, but they taste magnificent. How Bond ever does this with such elan in the movies, I don't know. They must be... Uh, Wankered. Yes. But anyway, it's on... We're, like I say, we're skipping a few. It's episode five, Housing Problems. Ron VT. Uh, he's programmed to do very light housework, cooking, and answer very simple questions. <laughs> Switch off. What happens if I press bath? Well, <laughs> he runs the water. <laughs> well, it's 
much better than I was expecting. Where's your place? Oh, ours is next door. Are we going to see it? Oh, certainly, yes. Oh, look, why don't you both come round and have a cup of tea this afternoon? Should we say four o'clock? Yeah, fine. I should think I'll be tired of looking at the imitation gas log fire by then. Mind you, if I really do get bored, I can always take the butler to pieces. <laughs> Not till I've had my bath. <laughs> well, that was episode five of the housing problem. Well, they all decide that they're going to find individual living quarters with on the spaceship. But there aren't enough spaces for them to live individually, so they have to live as pairs. So Fanshawe and... Carstairs. Carstairs. The captain. Yeah, the two posh ones from It Ain't Tough Up, Mum. Mm-hmm. Get the, the poshest flat. Mrs. Noah and the Green reporter. Lavender. Get a, a, sli- a, a slightly less posh flat. And Garstang, the repairman, gets a cupboard with a fold-down bed. So the captain invites um, Mrs. Noah and... Oh, God, I, I can't remember the name. Ian again. Lavender. Ian yeah, Lavender. Yeah. He invites the two of them round for, for tea and is a bit finickety about things mm. beforehand and everything has to be just right. And Mrs. Noah turns up wearing an outfit that demonstrates that the costume designers really don't like her. <laughs> it's... Royal Ascot, if a meringue was going to go there. Um, yeah. Sort of 1980s carpet. With a chunk of meringue. And a touch of 1970s curtains. It's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's um, horrible. It, it, and Ian Lavender doesn't fare much better in that he gets a cricket blazer and a cravat. And considering this is supposed to be 2050, maybe it's retro or something. Mm, but possibly, possibly. Anyway, there's a lot of set-piece comedy. There's a robot butler, there's a robot maid. Played by Vicky Michelle. Yes, Yvette. Yvette. There's some casual 1970s sexism where they, um, there's confusion over the, the maid taking her clothes off and, the, and it's all terribly hilarious. But actually, it is still very entertaining. It's contrived, it's set-piece, but that's exactly what Are You Being Served was. That's exactly what Heidi High was hasn't quite got established enough to for each character to have catchphrases. And I can understand why it didn't really go in any much further because it's an unfamiliar environment, whereas Are You Being Served and Heidi High... You rang, my lord. Yeah, they're all... ...were more familiar environments. Yeah. And terribly British. But uh, on yeah, the other hand... It's it, future British. It's future British, and it doesn't... It doesn't really work... Um, and looking back, and this isn't a comeback, Mrs. Noah specific thing. This is looking at the 1970s, what they thought the future was going to be. Yes. Like. So uh, it's, moon, it, it's Moonbase 3 and all the Doctor Who stuff. And. Well, um, 1970s future was 1970s in the future, basically. That was it. For all its very 1970s, and there's. There isn't really casual, any casual racism because there isn't a single... Oh, there ever. is. There bloody well is. Huh. The scanner screens of inner London... Oh, God, and- I'd forgotten about that. Oh, oh no, yeah, oh, no, that, that was awful. <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd block that out. The scanner screens of inner London showed a lot of Indians and the scanner screen of outer London showed a lot of Indians and the scanner screen of Brighton showed Indians on the streets begging. Yeah, uh, oh, I, I'd forgotten about that. That that really wasn't good. But I was going to say, there wasn't racism because... There, there are a, no... It's an incredibly ethnically yeah. undiverse cast. But on the other hand, again, attitudes of the time, it was, uh, it was taking the piss out of the fact that 
communities were, or certainly inner city communities were becoming more ethnically diverse and there was that fear that uh, you know cities will become overrun with non-english people the cities in england are culturally diverse now they're they're not predominantly white they're not predominantly english which is marvellous. It's a good thing. It's, it's, it's a, a, a very good thing. But do you know, I'd forgotten about that bit, and I, oh, I remember cringing about it at the time. And we commented on yes, it. Yes, we did. We did. And then got distracted by the terribly Englishness of Mrs. Noah's outfit and the cucumber sandwiches. But for anyone who is still worried about the multiculturality of uh, British cities, there, there are uh, rural suburbs still available that are terribly British. Not. A- Single foreigner to be seen. Are there? Where? There are many parts of England that are still like that. Well, travel to the home counties, large swathes of the northwest. Believe it or not, yes, they they stand by to repel borders at any opportunity. I live in one. You're joking. When I was parking up outside, there were two school kids wandering pa- wandering past. Um, one Asian lad chatting away perfectly comfortably to a, a white girl. Yeah, but they're immigrants. They come from the next town. <laughs> <laughs> they don't well, Blackburn. They don't live here. They only travel here. Why yes. are they walking down your street? But uh, because the uh, footpath to the next village is at the end of my road. We we don't let them settle here. We banish them at night with pitchforks and torches, flaming torches. Rishton's very much a a, a, a sort of a, a, a white bastion. It's one of the yes. It, they do still exist. Even in 2021. I don't particularly subscribe to that way of thinking, but uh, anyway. Yes. Yes, Captain Brexit. Fuck all the way off. Oh, so you're not Captain Brexit? No. Is that because Brexit is fucking up royally? No, I'm merely Lieutenant Brexit. Captain Brexit is uh, Nigel Farage. How the. One. One recording session in your still. Fucking hell. You're the right. one that wants to do Brexit 3, 4, 5 and 8 billion this time yes, around. but only because the Brexit theme gives us a scope to do some wonderful stuff like Heil Honey I'm Home. <laughs> Actually, yeah. consider, considering the Jersey situation, we should do Enemy at the Door. Gosh, that got very deep very quickly. Should we have more martini? And more Mrs. Noah. Shall we move on to the next episode? I, I very much think we should. Run VT, episode six, which is called Something I Can't Remember. And now it's the turn of our intrepid lady cook, Mrs. Noah. Now, would you like to tell us how you feel about jumping out of this ship seven miles above the earth and flapping your way down to terra firma? Well, I'd be fibbing if I didn't say I was a bit anxious. Well, we're all a bit anxious. Mr. Carstairs, would you like to start simulating Mrs. Noah? Right, Mr. Cunliffe, this way, Mrs. Noah. Now, when mounted, she will be attached to a gravity-overcoming device, otherwise known as a rope. (laughs) Then she will start her rotor motor. And when she's firing on all cylinders, that tunnel over there will be activated, and Mrs. Noah will experience a burst of wind at 180 miles an hour. Well, that was episode six of Come Back, Mrs. Noah, called Last Chance. And the plot, as much as there was, involved an attempt to land the space station on Earth. And a good ten minutes of the plot was about flipping pancakes and getting jam to come out of the wall. Yes. The next third was about... That was about the... um... Golf. Oh, yes, the golf I'd forgotten about. That was pointless. 
and finally, it, there was a, a thing about the suits they needed to wear for re-entry and they couldn't get their propeller at the back to, to work out. So it was three fairly pointless set pieces. Yes, as the others have been, to be honest. Yeah. That's it. And at the end, the incompetent bloke in charge of mission control presses the wrong button and sends the space station hurtling out past the moon. And that was the end, presumably never to be seen again. So it did. Space 1999, really. That wasn't a great episode. No. Um, um, you can see how, how, why it wouldn't be well-remembered if, if that was the general last impression of it. So bear in mind, we've not seen episodes three and four. They could have been classics. I know you've seen them all before, but... Uh, they're not. They're not. Um, I mean, it they're, was they're like fun. everything else. It's entertaining. But, you know, you watch a single episode of Are You Being Served?, and it's all about character performances. Mm. Plot rarely has anything to do with it. I think the advantage that something like Are You Being Served has is that it's an, a strong ensemble cast, yeah. whereas this is Molly Sugden and a load of shadows. I, I, I'd agree with that, yes. Yeah. And, and she's great, and she does the physical comedy so well. Yeah, it's perhaps as well, really, because uh, the rest of them, well, one of them literally is down to I mean, Spence. <laughs> <laughs> But at least there's a there's a point for that at the moment. It's entertaining. It's fun. We we laughed our way through it. Is it the best sitcom ever made? No. Is it the best TV series ever made? No. Is it the worst? Is it? No. no. God, no. It's not. Considering the people that wrote it and the people that are in it, I am surprised it's not, if not better regarded, better remembered. Because pretty much everyone in the cast has either been in before or went on to do other things. That None of these are unknown, with the exception of... Garsting. Yeah, who you said you have seen in something else. No, it was uh, Robert Gillespie, the uh, controller on Earth, that I'd seen in something else. Right. Garsting, no, not before, not since. That I can can remember. The problem is it's it's a setup for the the kind of ensemble cast that you have in I Being Served without that cast. And yeah. Molly Sugden is brilliant in it, but she can't carry the whole show on her, on her own. I agree. Yeah. It's entertaining. You know, we've sat here for a couple of hours and laughed right the way through it. Would you want to see any more? Not really. No. Mm. And the only way I can see that they would go with a series two, considering they've just blasted out in space, is... Silly aliens. To do the Space 1999 yeah. thing. But that would get... Very repetitive very quickly. Yeah. They'd clearly already really run out of ideas. It wasn't... There wasn't enough meat on the bones to to really, you know, honestly, go beyond the pilot episode and maybe one or two more. To stretch it out to six, you're forced to rely on everyday situations in space. Which they do reasonably well. It's a weak final episode, but the ones leading up to it have been pretty good. Agreed. Agreed. So, overall, I really quite enjoyed that. That It was all right. I would, uh, as a bit of fluff, it's one to watch when you're in a bit of a silly mood with a group of you, probably with a lot of drink. Watch one or two and just sit there and take the piss. That's probably your, your best way. But that's also the best way to watch things like, are you being served or... That is true. Because they're, I mean, that that's now more than 50 years since it started. 71, the pilot of Are You Being Served, wasn't it? I don't know, it's, it's, it's a long time. I think so. It's either 70 or 71. But yes, come back, Mr. Noah, um, worth your time. If it, you're after something you can take the piss out of, this is it. 
I was going to say it's not as bad as the reviews make it out. It actually is as bad as the reviews make it out. Yes. But that doesn't stop it being funny. Fair? Fair. So on that note, boys and girls, we shall sign off. We are very, very glad to be back after what feels like an eternity of lockdown. Remote recording. We should be back next time with something... Oh, I'd, I'd like to say equally whimsical, but we do very wildly between what we record. We'll be back next time. I'll say that much. Thank you very much for staying the course with us. See you soon. What? Goodbye now. Well, they know that bit. Oh, very well. Goodbye now. We'll see you soon. The Exton Moss Experiment featured Simon Exton and Ken Moss. Title music was performed by the BBC Symphony Orchestra. All featured television soundtracks are the property of their respective producers and no infringement of copyright is intended. The programme was recorded in Rishton, Lancashire and produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.